Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Traxler and Carolyn Ford to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Now, let's get to the point. Good morning. Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity. I'm Carolyn Ford here with Eric Trexler. Hi, Eric. Hi, Carolyn. It's it's actually afternoon. We're recording in the afternoon this time. Do you know what? You're mm-hmm. right. It's afternoon for me, too, this yeah. time. So, and a sad afternoon. A sad afternoon? Well, this is our last joint episode together. Don't make me cry. It is. Yeah. I am I am off for new adventures, but man, I'm going to miss this. So Yeah, I I'm going to miss you. I know the listeners will miss you. It's been a it's it's been a quite an enjoyable ride. I've really enjoyed this. It has been it has been fantastic. And you know, pre-show, we got to talk to our guest for a minute, Marco Figueroa. And I think this might be one of my favorite episodes ever, just based on our conversation, Marco, before we even started recording. Marco, so, welcome nice. to the show. Sorry, we're tearing up a little already. <laughs> no, I'm tearing up with you guys. I didn't know. <laughs> you didn't tell me this. It's very special because I'm the last one. Yeah, it's you our are? last show together. The, to the point, we'll continue. Nice. We'll figure out what the journey, what the path looks like. But Carolyn is leaving the organization for... Uh, Uncharted better waters and and uh, you know it'll be good. I wish you the best. It's been a it's been an amazing time getting to know you these past three years, Carolyn. Same, Eric. And and I I just have to say I'm going to a really cool company. Um, when I saw their technology, it's something that every IT shop needs. The name of the company is Dynatrace. So go check it out, and and you'll know what I mean when you go see what they've got. So with that though, let's get to. Marco Figueroa, who is a principal threat researcher at Sentinel One. His technical expertise includes reverse engineering, incident handling, threat intelligence. He likes to do bug bounty on the weekend. I did not know this was a thing until just now, but apparently you can make a lot of money at this, right, Marco? Absolutely. Go look up uh, some of the people on the leaderboards at Hacker One, and you'll see. The bugs that they are getting and, and the rewards and the payouts. It's See, this is insane. what I'm going to miss meeting people like you, Marco. So, oh. I, I mean, I got to figure out how to keep this going. So anyway, Listen, Mark- at least at least you're not going to solo wins, right? Hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris Krebs is there. I wouldn't mind. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're getting some uh, needed help. help. Well, and yeah, help. speaking. Speaking of solar winds, well, let me just finish your very impressive bio. You also Thank do you. APT hunting. Um, and before Sentinel One, you spent seven years at Intel as a senior security researcher. Mm-hmm. So, what we want to talk to you about today is exactly what you just mentioned: solar winds. Um, mm-hmm. I want to I want to get inside the head of the adversary. So, I mm-hmm. want you to be the adversary and tell us. What you're doing in there? Sure, I, I I think for me to to paint a picture for the listeners, I think uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday, SolarWinds released a blog on the timeline, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's it's really critical to look at that. And I had discussions with other colleagues about the timeline, so it's it, it's interesting. So what they reported was nine four nineteen, the threat actor actor accessed solar winds 
right? That was about a year and a half ago. You're saying 2019, not 2020, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. 19. So eight days later, they inject test code and begin the trial run to see if they're detected, how it's deployed. And, and the, that carries on to 11.419, right? So let's take a step back, right? If I'm doing a pen test or I'm the threat actor, I need to know, first off, the software, how it works, how it does, right? I can download the free trial, install it, take a look of, at how it works, reverse engineer it using IDA Pro or Gija or something like that to understand or use a, a, another tool of your choice to understand how it works, right? What can I do? What can I replace and, and put in its place to, to blend in and not stick out? So, And that's more me, than eight days, if, right, Marco? I mean, as good as you are, I've known you a long time. You still take a little bit of time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So for, for me, if, if I'm penetrating their network, I'm, I'm first getting a understanding where everything is getting the lay of the land, doing recon and just building a map of the attack surface and and, and what's going on. So you understand it. Yeah. It's not like you're just going to, however you enter, you, you still got to figure out how, where everything is. Right. I've worked on cases where the software, all it did was a recon mission of the environment it was in. So it took what software was installed, what was the BIOS version, uh, what kind of hardware was on the system so they can tailor the next time they penetrated, they can tailor their, their target for this specific environment. And, and this doesn't even mo- include, Marco, this isn't even including the, the prep time thinking about the operation oh. at the nation state level where which type of software are we going to try to penetrate and how do we want to do it and which teams are going to be oriented towards that? I mean, we're, we're talking an operation that was probably at least two years in the making, if not more. Absolutely. The patience, you know, when, when you get into an environment, you make potential mistakes, right? As an attacker, time favors the attacker when they're not, when, when, they're ghosts in a shell where they're not detected. Once they're detected, the time favors the defender because they have time. And that's what we're seeing now. You're seeing trickling reports come out, right? Every week. So uh, like last week, there was a report. This week, there was two reports. Also, there was another, um, I don't want to mention the name. There was another firm that was compromised, their certificate that does secure emails. So you're going to start seeing this over and over the hack that will keep on giving. Well, and the patients, the patient side of it, like, look at when they just, no, I guess it wasn't really when they decided to strike. It's when we finally noticed them. What, why did we notice them? I'm jumping ahead in the timeline. Keep taking Mm -hmm. us through the timeline. We're going to go there because there's, there's some juicy parts that I want to cover first. So just the test code was around two months, right? Just around two months. So they're just doing then, recon. Just looking for at two it. months. Understand. Just, seeing, just seeing if anyone's detecting what we injected into it. Nothing. And is it fair to say, is it safe, is it safe to say that it, it was at least two months from what yeah, we know? That's, 
That's what's on the timeline from 9, 12, 19 yeah. to 11, 4. They're just testing out, right? How do we then, know that exact injection date? I know that's a, kind of a dumb question. Uh, it's, it's not out there. And this is, this is why for me, it is like you, as solo wins, the, the thing to do is really provide solid evidence backing everything up from logs to, to show you have to show it because as an attacker later on, on this podcast, I'm going to show you why, if you have this software, you need to worry, you need to carpet bomb your company and there's no FUD here. This is real talk. You have to understand the magnitude of what's going on. So jumping forward to 2020 when Sunburst was compiled and deployed. So we're talking about patience. As soon as November happened, right? And, and they said, okay, there was no detection. Timeline shows 220. 20. Three months. Basically three months. All of November, all of December, yep. all of January, and most of February. Short month, by the way. They just yep. waited. All they and did they was deploy. wait. Do you think they were kind of waiting for... They were they were waiting to get more into the election um, mayhem to as a distraction, and then maybe when COVID hit, they were they were like, "Oh, this is even better. We'll go now." I think potentially they were they were waiting, and and as an attacker, I'm waiting and looking right. Not only understanding the environment better, right? That I think that time, right? It's it's like. The 9-4 initial penetration, I already understood your environment. I know where everything was. So the 9-4 and then the 9-12, that was like, okay, I popped in and I already know where I'm going. So and this is into SolarWinds Orion. We're not talking customers yeah. yet. We're not We're talking, talking customers just yet. This, just, just into SolarWinds Orion. Correct. Got it. Correct. And this is, this is why for me, it, it's, there has to be more information and more transparency than ever because so many people were infected and they have to be more transparent talking about this because a lot of times who keeps logs it's very expensive to keep logs so how did they how did how did they figure out 9419 was the initial did that threat actors leave something on the box so you could understand that it was them and these are all questions that all of us, researchers, threat hunters, analysts, everybody wants to know. So Sunburst happens, compiled. Then in 326.20, it a says later. hot fix. Yeah, a hot fix five DLL was available to customers. Now, this is all assumptions because they didn't write anything about that. My guess. Who didn't? Uh, SolarWinds. They okay. didn't write anything on their report what 32620 is. They just put Hotfix 5 DLL available to customers. I, I'm guessing that that is the Sunburst implant was available to customers for customers to download. But again, that's my assumption. It's not facts, but that's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. So then June 4th, TA removes malware from build VMs. What the, what is that? They took out everything. My assumption that's you have close to four months there that it was up and people were downloading. My guess is that they, they seen what they wanted to see and now they have access to the 
SolarWinds customers that they wanted. No need to remove the evidence. Scrub it. Yeah. We're going to scrub it. It's it's gone. So when you say they have basically sweeping your footprints. Yeah. And when, when you say they have access to those customers at that point, they've gone in and like created possible fake privileged user accounts with those customers. So whatever they did with SolarWinds, they don't care anymore. They've 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 gotten in the door and they've, and they moved laterally to other platforms. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they don't need solar winds anymore, right? They're on their yeah. main targets. Yeah. Let's, let's, yep. let's they, remove they, the fingerprints, the footprints, whatever you want to call it. So we're less likely to get caught and we'll go to phase mm-hmm. two of the operation. So then that happened. Fast forward 12, 12, 20. Mm-hmm. Solar winds notifies are, is notified of, of sunburst. So you have all that timeline now about, this injection of code happening. Now we're, we're going to put all of that aside. And now I'm a, I'm the red teamer hacker threat actor. So let's talk about the access permissions you just said, right? If you had that sunburst Orion DLL installed on AWS and or Azure, how can the ta- attackers leverage these permissions? You know, for Azure, the setup contributor role, which allows you to start, stop, restart your VMs. And then for Amazon, you can do a little bit more, which is um, metric. You can look at metric stats and terminate uh, instances. So that, that right there, that role is, is, Really important. And then you have, you know, if you have knowledge of the cloud API <laughs> and you have some excessive access to company resources, everything is unlimited to you, right? Everything is there. You, you, you're completely owned. Let's say you, you had that, you know, Amazon S3 bucket, full access to everything. That's like logging in and seeing all your instances of you using Amazon across everything. What's to say with that access, they don't turn something on, inject something into one of, one of the AWS, you know, servers or, or it's just unlimited. It's unlimited, unprecedented access that I've never seen. And right. then, so as an attacker, any other as, qu- as, as an attacker, Marco, your choice is really where do I go now? Like, where do yeah. I spend my time? Because time is of the essence, right? I have no idea how long I'll be in here undetected. What's how do I prioritize? How do I stack rank? And then what do I do? Right? Okay. Let's let's put the AWS and Azure aside for a second. Let's dig into exploiting the access permissions stored in Orion. Um, so. If you have the Orion platform, you have a database installed. It's, it's just by default because this is where it stores, it installs everything. And you potentially have all the information of identity and access management or IT asset management. So all of the Orion holds all the credentials such as domain admins, Cisco routers, and switches. ESXi, vCenter credentials, 
AWS, Azure, any cloud root API keys. And so Data, database much, management? much more. All of it. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so it, I mean, it's you a perfectly consider, targeted tool. Yeah. You must go. Yeah, it is. Like um, they could shut everything down. Like what you're saying right now, you're telling me they have access to sh- shut everything down. What I'm saying is if you had that software, whatever was in that database, whatever they had or, or that company had stored, you have to have to realize that you have to consider everything on the Orion Being you know, platform compromise, compromise. And, and not, not only you that, have to. once you go to an asset that you found out through Orion, that asset may have access to other things. So, so in essence, your whole network essentially is, is burned or you have to at least suspect that Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday and one of the customers who was, who was impacted by this, you know, the first inclination was let's just, let's just set up a whole new infrastructure and network and everything. We'll burn it all down, burn it all down. And, and that was great thinking. You can't do it. Yeah. Not easy. It is not great when you're thinking. Not, not when you're an enterprise, right? You can't, a government enterprise can't burn it all down, but you almost have to think like every single thing out here is suspect now. And that's yep. the beauty of this attack. Yeah. Well, and are you, so who has Orion? Tell me everybody in the world. 18,000 customers. They said 18,000 customers. And there were clearly dozens that were impacted to Marco's point about, you know, the time is not on the adversary side. Once they're detected, mm-hmm. once they were detected, they had to, you know, they were running out of time. They, they couldn't get to all 18,000, not that they ever would, but they had to yeah. prioritize from the beginning. But, you know, it looks like they prioritized government agencies, DIB customers, uh, telecommunications, you know, the, the key infrastructure of the United States and our and our allies. Yeah, it, it's the hack is unprecedented. And you're right. The one thing you have to think about if you had, you know, sunburst is that everything is compromised. But imagine if you work in a place that I know that has over 700,000 endpoints. What do you do? You can't burn them all down. It's Carolyn. Exactly. It's almost like being invited into Willy Wonka's chocolate, fa- chocolate factory. Like, <laughs> you're in this amazing place, but you can't eat all the chocolate. So what are yeah. you, what are your choices? So what do we do, Marco? What do they do? I'm the red team, or I'm, I'm looking at uh, <laughs> the, at the VP over here and I'm asking you, if you're consulting someone, I'll give my answer after yours, but if you're going to a company and, and they're asking you, what should we do? Even if we had 10,000 endpoints, what do you say? Hire Marco immediately. I would say, here's, here's my thing. I would, me, I would say buy Sentinel ones, you know, <laughs> I'll okay. Pitch. Okay. I'll We're pitch not- like that, but that's, that's, that's for another day, another story. But I, I, I mean, what do you tell a customer though? Right. Well, that's um, what I just said. So I mean, so hire yeah, Marco. It, it's, it's, I, I think CISA had some good guidance here, right? This week or mm-hmm. late last week, I forget what it was on the uh, 8th of January, you know, the last, about a week ago, they announced alert AA 20 352 A, which mm-hmm. talks about compromise of by- and bypassing of federal identity solutions. 
talks mm-hmm. about using forged authentication tokens. Tokens. So basically, your zero trust architecture, if you were heading down mm-hmm. that path, is compromised also because the things that you, credentials, the core credentials were burned. So my my answer, Marco, without naming any products or any organizations, is I, I think you need to go back to a point in time along that timeline when you ingested, when, when you uploaded the latest SolarWinds patch that would have allowed the adversary on your network. And you need to start looking at all user IDs and everything from that time forward. Now, could they play with system clocks and do things like that? Maybe, maybe not. But at a minimum, you've got to look at everything that was created from, what was the date? March 20th, maybe? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got to look at everything from from that point forward, March twenty six, I think, yeah. forward, and absolutely understand that Marco Figueroa is Marco Figueroa, and you've got to look at what those users are doing, what their behaviors were. You've got to go back to logs. You know, if you have insider threat capability or some kind of EDR capability that was capturing information, either caching <clears throat> it or storing it in a database, going back to your logs. And it is, this is just grunt police work, like forensic work, digging through that. I, I think you have to do that, Carolyn, or you have to burn it all down and start over, which is unlikely. Well, but that's what I'm asking. Like in the meantime, while you're doing all of this, like Marco's giving the scale here of 700,000 endpoints, 700,000 yeah. users. Do you shut it all down while you check it out? You can't do that because you if know, you don't, then they're continuing to move. Yeah, they're continuing. And, and I've seen Marco, I mean, he'll, he'll, He'd continue to keep moving. You can't catch me. It's you can't catch me, yeah, Eric. I'm faster a than you. Whack a mole. Yeah, yeah. It's a whack a mole yeah. mentality. You're going to be whack a moling, and and this is the thing. You know, initially when this happened, um, Microsoft stated that you know they weren't hacked, right? And I think right. I, I tweeted something. I retweeted something from someone from Microsoft. Right. Two weeks later, we found out. You know, there was no modification, but we, we, we seen the source code, right? Source code so was let like me accessed. tell you accessed, right? So source code, we don't know what source code do. I, I haven't seen anything that Microsoft stated, except they access source code. But here again, as a red teamer, as an attacker, as a bug bounty hunter, what I could do with that is I don't have to reverse engineer things anymore. I, I, cause if I accessed it, that means I probably copied it in whichever way or we don't know. Again, transparency. This is why, you know, everything has to be open because now for me, I'm like paranoid to download stuff now from Microsoft, from, from everything. Everything is in a VM that I install and I detonate it if, if you know, it, it's not good. So this is, I, I think, building trust with customers is is very important and being transparent especially these days where we're getting reports you're going to see so many more reports in the upcoming days weeks months it's going to continue to 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 happen and like i said yesterday there was another report yeah this is the tip of the iceberg this is this is what i would tell you it's the tip of the iceberg carolyn this is why i say uh, this is beyond snowden buckshot yankee Mm -hmm. Right. You name it. And, mm-hmm. and imagine if the adversary wanted to actually cause harm. We're talking sabotage. We're, we're causing damage, oh. talking damage as opposed to just espionage. 
and and maybe yeah. they can in the future, right? Because they're inside. What I would question, mm-hmm. the, the, the one thing I would question is anybody who says we're clean, we're good, we know we're okay, who, who was accessed, I would say, how do you know that at this mm-hmm. point? So Marco, Marco, you, you get in through solar winds, you, you clean up your footprints, mm-hmm. you've now compromised 0365, Active Directory, maybe some IDAM, ICAM tools, you know. Zero trust is no longer trustworthy. As an adversary, how, how do you think? What's your next move? What do you do? How do you prioritize? You're in the chocolate usually, factory now. Yeah, usually, you know, it's to stay and and have access, right? If you stole stuff, like they were saying, uh, court records were were accessed, and I guess stolen. Again, transparency is is really important because we we have to know because we have to as they share. Like with Sunspot, we start to have a better understanding for future attacks. So people like if I'm the attacker and I penetrated a company, it's to maintain access. And you're so deep in the company, you could like pivot upon pivot like, oh, yeah, you found that. But you're not going to find me for another four months because I'm over here. You know, it's maintaining that access. And. You know, supply chain attacks are going to be here to stay. And, and this is something that, that will go down as one of, like you said, it's the biggest hack of all time. So, so what's your thought? I mean, as, as, as a hacker, a mm-hmm. red teamer, you know, all these cybersecurity companies are coming out and they're saying, hey, here's a patch addresses all the, you know. We, we can address all these IOCs, indicators of compromise around solar winds. To me, mm-hmm. it's too late. Like it's it's great that you're doing it, but the horse has already left the barn, or or the adversaries inside the castle walls, if you will, and they look like you, they act like you, and you believe they're you. So the fact that you're closing the the castle drawbridge, or you're raising it, yeah. But I think it needs to be you done. know it's it's. Correct. It's important, though, for that to happen. You know why? Because if you have 18,000 customers, do you like all those customers can't like pay for IR? Every right. incident response team right now is busy. You're not yeah. going to hire someone. So you need tools. You know, we release a tool, we release blogs to help people that aren't our customers. Like, hey, all you, it's, it's like run the tool. Right. And, and this is important. It is a community task. It's not just one company. The community needs to help each other here, because like I said, 18,000 customers, you're not going to, if a customer right now tried to get another company, another firm to try to do an investigation, it's going to be hard. It's like, okay, you're on the list. We'll get to you when we get to you because everyone is busy. In April. Well, and to your point of why it's so important that we're transparent and that we're sharing the information. So you said that the supply chain attacks are here to stay, which mm-hmm. I, yeah. How, what do we do to make sure that that kind of code doesn't get injected again? Like what, what could have SolarWinds done to detect that before it went out? Well, or a SolarWinds customer. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I always believe if you're a large company, you need a team to vet, you know, your, your, the, the 
software you're bringing in and really vet them. Right. And, and understand a, a company that are, that I was, so if you're with, I just left. yeah. If, if you're a consumer of a software product, you need to have a team of people who actually look at, in this case, it would have been solar winds, look at the update process. You, you don't have access to the source code. No. How do you do that? I mean, I, I've worked with some government agencies. I know you've worked with, with also Marco that they don't have enough staff to do it. They're, they're always behind, you know, you can do, you yeah. can do selective, you know, pulling, but even they ask for the source code to do source code reviews. And, and even in that, I bet they miss things. I don't know that that's feasible, is it? I think, you know, depending on the company, right? The last company I had, we we did have that, right? We had red teamers auditing code because, you know, this is a part of of the security lifecycle in, in a company. Okay, so, so let's, assume, let's assume the Fortune 100 can do that. Did you find yeah. anything? Yeah. Hmm. Passwords in the clear, probably. Hey, yeah, why are you yeah, why are yeah, you reaching like, back to like, the company with with update messages or or whatever? But like, would you have found it? And, and even if you could, even if the top one hundred companies no. in the world can do it and afford to do it and do it perfectly, rest of world can't do it. Well, do you think? Uh, here's a question: Do you think you know the reason why SolarWinds came out was because they were alerted by who? Well, fire the first one. Case. Exactly. Right? Exactly. With the, with the red team tools. But, but you would assess, you, you would assume that fire, I would be better than most in this regard. Yeah. And it turns and out they, they were, were luckily. Yeah. So, and they went public on, I think they, it was December 13th. They went yeah. public right away, yep. which, which huge kudos to fire. a lot of oh, companies yeah. would have said are my red team tools. That's, that's a huge part of my business. Why would I ever do that? They were but awesome. they found it because they had already been compromised, right? They didn't find it before they got compromised. Well, this is, they, they've stated that they were compromised and this is why, like, I wonder if FireEye didn't come out, right? Would SolarWinds have come out the way it did? I, I feel like, you know, FireEye put, put them on blast and told them, hey, you know, you got to, we're going to tell our shareholders or whatever the case is. We don't, I, I don't know the politics behind there, but I'm pretty sure yeah, but it we was, know the time frame. We know right? the time it, frame it was, Exactly. It was the 8th of December. The FireEye Red Team Tools report came out. Mm -hmm. They put a report out on the 13th on SolarWinds. And, yep. and on the 14th, the very next day, SolarWinds Security Advisory was released. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, Microsoft seized the Sunburst Control and Command and Control uh, domain and, and things started to shut down from that, from the initial attack vector perspective. Yep. And that's what I'm saying. It, 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 the, it's great. Right. But the damage has already been done. They, they, you know, this was an operation ongoing for six months and maybe no, more, they, six months they were in, they were in well, for nine I, or 10. What I'm March. saying yeah. is like, uh, 326 and then when they initially got caught yeah. right and and they're still like i said they're still catching a lot of things out there microsoft reported um to i think it was memecast yesterday about their certs being compromised so they right, can read secure right. email it it is it is like i said the tip of the iceberg as people start digging more and more you're going to see more reports it's going to get scary so Marco, as a threat researcher, I don't want to scare everybody. What, what do you no. do? What are, what are you looking at? 
Um, you know, how do you think through this problem? If, if you were working for a compromised agency, mm-hmm. what would your advice be right now? I think back to Caroline's would, question. Yeah. You see, a lot of times, and this is what I believe, this is my belief. A lot of times, a lot of companies are reactive to a situation, right? Mm-hmm. How do you become proactive? How do you go on the offense, right? right. Which is start having your threat hunters hunt, but also start putting your rules out there at, on virus total so you can get more detection and build that detection, right? And, and for me, a lot of times we wait for an alert. You know, that is to me the wrong way, especially now. Yeah, the Because everybody's approach. thinking of, yeah, it's the reactive. We got an alert. Okay, what do we do? Instead of being proactive. And what's going to happen is forget about, you know, what's going on with solar winds and the, and what happened. It's what else did they put in those environments? What else did they do that we don't know? And that is where you're going to start seeing the trickle down effect of, of this hack. Yeah. Right. And and that to me is is where it's at. And and it's scary. Carolyn, anyway. In, in all of our time together, we, we've had some amazing guests on the podcast. And when Dmitry Alperovich, CrowdStrike, uh, former CrowdStrike CTO and founder, mentioned hunting, which mm-hmm. is a conversation I had had with him before. And you, you get so wrapped up in things. And, and, he, and he took me back to early on. And he'd been talking about that for years, like more than a decade. Mm-hmm. It, it really, it, it was one thing tangible that we can grab onto as cyber professionals, cybersecurity professionals, we don't hunt much, right? There aren't a lot of Marcos out there who are actually reverse engineering malware, reverse engineering code, looking at things that are suspicious on the networks, going Mm -hmm. back to the cyber defensive teams and saying, hey, you've got some potential vulnerabilities here. As Dimitri said, 99% of the budget is spent on the perimeter or spent on tools to protect. Mm-hmm. There's very little on actually looking at what's happening in your, in your environment, on your networks, with your systems, with your users, with your people and determining if that's appropriate. The hunting piece, it, it was such yeah. an eye opener for me. Yep. Yeah. And, and I agree with that, right? A lot of my times I, I look at reports out there and one of the things, here's a recommendation for everyone listening is when you read a report, at least for me, a a report from whatever company that has hashes. I look at their report and I always say, did they miss something? And that's what what I do as a hunter. I want to find something that they missed. I've worked on a case around uh, 2017 that affected the company I was working at at the time, but it wasn't in their report. And when we went on a call with them, I'm, I, I was like, look, there's a, a, a jump. You only covered, you know, this side, but this was more important to us, uh, a specific pattern in code. And I was like, I think, you, you know, I had a reverse engineer to say, hey, this impacted us more than what they reported. So these are the little tricks that you can do or anyone out there as an analyst, as a hunter, or even as a manager is like, what did someone else miss? And 
the show that I always tell people to watch when they are when they are in this field is watch the first 48. You have 48 hours to like get the bad guy, right? So you start understanding how the scene is set up as as a hunter. Who shot the gun? Where's the bullet? Right? What type what kind of gun? Did someone die? And it's the same thing you do when you're researching something. So you're a detective. And as we wrap up here, what what Marco's talking about is reminding me a lot of what we just talked to Jared Quantz, who is an insider mm-hmm. threat program manager. And he's he said the same thing, Marco. He said, you go into interrogation mode. You start asking all those questions and dig, dig, dig. And that's so I've heard you say, get on the be proactive. Don't don't be on the reactive side. Start hunting. And then the other thing that you've brought up multiple times and has been brought up by many of our guests, Eric, is just share the information. Mm-hmm. Be transparent. And then we all know to start asking those questions, right? I think 100% you're, you're right. But this particular hack, it needs to be transparent because you're going to have people helping out. That's not on the payroll, right? You release an indicator, myself and about 10,000 other researchers are help, are trying to put out reports or things that can help the community. So this is why transparency is super important. Yeah, and this one's got to yeah, be we, crowdsourced. Well, we saw yeah. it with FireEye, right? As soon as FireEye went public, boom, the, yeah. the, the picture opened up and people started to see the extent of the problem, which they had been dealing with for nine to 10 months without even knowing it was impacting them. But but I still see that issue. Government, it's really hard for government and, and, and industry to share information. I was on a call again yesterday, a zoom because of COVID, but we're, we're, we're still talking about the same things we've been talking about for more than a decade on information sharing on, on how to get it out there. You know, we haven't put protections in place for companies against lawsuits and and negligence. Right? There's a lot to do. I, I don't see the government sharing a ton. When they do, it's mm-hmm. usually late. It's impartial. Um, it's 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 a component of something. Mm-hmm. So we we have a lot of work to do here. But I agree with you, Marco. We've got to open up. We've got to work together because it just keeps getting worse. Yeah, and like yeah. I said, it's the tip of the iceberg. And also, you know. During this time, we're in COVID, right? What better else way to spend your time than help investigating? So as these, you know, hashes and indicators and everything, you have to share them. I'll give you a good example. The report that came out this week had a hash. They didn't share the sample. You need to share the sample, right? Put it up in VT. It's going to eventually get up there. But again, the hash was there, you know, they're not sharing and it's, they have their own reasons, but this particular incident needs to be very transparent and you have to share. Yeah. Well, Marco, thank you so much. Um, I, I'd like to keep you for just a minute more. This is actually my favorite part of the show. Oh yeah. We give you some rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. So, um, what is a show that you have watched recently and, and just loved besides the first 48. 
I haven't watched the show. Let me see. You're always bug hunting, aren't you? Yeah, I'm always. Uh, uh, I want to say YouTube. Listening, to you, t- I'm, it's listening like, it's, to you talk today, I feel like I was watching a show. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna have to skip to the next one. I don't think Marco is turning right. the yeah, television I don't, on. I don't really. I just say YouTube. Okay. YouTube or ATL. <laughs> sorry, ATL. There was uh, yesterday. I put on ATL. It's called ATL. Okay. By Donald do Glover. Have, do you have Danny any, Glover? Uh, do you have any guilty pleasures? Hmm. Uh, just being in front of my computer. I I, I don't know. All right. What do you read? Or who Uh, do you follow? Maybe is a better question. I would say a lot of, um, growth and self-help books. I love that. Really? To me, it's very entertaining. It's all life. Yeah. So, So, um, what are you reading? Right now I'm reading, there's, there's three books I'm reading. Um, I just finished uh, Green Light by uh, Matthew McConaughey. I absolutely loved it. And if you guys going to read it, don't read it by the audiobook. Because I, I read it and then I bought the audiobook. I'm also um, reading Stephen King's On Writing, which is interesting, is how he uh, writes and how he preps himself how to write. And the third one is TB12 Method, which is uh, winning... Uh, having like a winning mentality, like, uh, uh, Tom Brady. So those are three books I'm, I'm digging into now. Do you have a cybersecurity must read book? Yeah. Um, I have a few actually they're over there. Um, I would say Ghidra. I love Ghidra. So that's on the top of my mind. Um, the Ghidra book by No Starch. Um, that's for tools. I'm going to give you a few. For um, Bug Bounty, I would say go to a website. They have um, HackerOne. They have like their little books. And for offense security, um, let me see. Uh, I think... The Art of Exploitation. There we go. Nice. Nice right. light reads for a weekend. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. All right, Marco. If you had a magic wand and you could change anything you wanted in cybersecurity, what would it be? Mm, that's a good one. I think there's there's um, sometimes a lot of drama. I don't get into drama, but I hear it through the grapevine. So yeah. drop all the drama. It's all about love and helping each other and, and providing value to everyone. Amen. Well said, unexpected and well said. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, I think we already know the answer to this, but what would you say is the biggest cybersecurity impact in the last 12 months? We talked about it on this show. I think we did. I think we got it. And I think think for the next 12 months as well, and then 2022. (laughs) For the next 10 years. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't want it, to. It'll continue and there will be yeah. copycats and, and the, the mm-hmm. mechanism is, is uh, sound. Yeah. Well, right. it was a pleasure to be on this show and thank you. Marco. I'm so happy, you know, that I got to meet you, Carolyn, before you exited stage. Right. So it was a pleasure. I hope, uh, good luck, good luck. And I hope, you know, you stay in touch. Hey, Marco, you, keep, Marco. keep, uh, keep the world safe. Keep doing what you're doing with your research and reverse engineering and, 
and getting information out there. Really, really appreciate it. Glad you're at Sentinel One Net right now, making the I love world it. a better place. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you're one yeah. of my. You're now one of my cybersecurity heroes. Awesome. He's like Mudge, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> no, Marco's a guy I go to if I have any issues. By the way, I do have an IP address I want to run by you, Marco. Anyway, with that being said, Carolyn, it's been so much fun working with you and so much fun doing the podcast. I'm really, I really will miss you. But with that, the show this is over. Been, it is. Right. Well, the show will go on, but yes, this has been the highlight of my career, yes. to be honest. Ooh, Good. Wow. Well, now, it's been, now, this is a fun thing. So this show is over, I should say. Today's show, we will continue Today's with- show. We will continue to with we'll To The Point on. Cybersecurity. We have too many listeners right. and we cover too much good ground. Eric, That's we right. need to have a follow-up show maybe in like six to eight months to see what plays out. Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll have a collection. Yeah. yeah. We'll still be playing the game, right. unfortunately. But anyway, Carolyn, Godspeed. Eric, same to you. Bye, you guys. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store 